Do you need help protecting your finances as you enter retirement? David Dickens of KC Financial Advisors has got you covered. Welcome to the Cover Your Assets KC podcast. Another edition of Cover Your Assets KC is upon us. I'm Walter Storholt alongside David Dickens, President and a Wealth Advisor at KC Financial Advisors. And a great show on the way today, things you might not know about the S&P 500. What is it? David's got six items to share with us on the show today as uh, we kind of walk through some of these things that you may not know and may need to know. In fact, and looking forward to this, David. What what inspired this? You've been getting questions from listeners, or these uh, just thought maybe it's time that we address some of these things. Just a, a stroke of genius. What do you think? Well, in conversations, whether it's in my office or even at you know parties, it's amazing how how murky something like the S and P five hundred is to people. It's, uh, it's how a, it's a rip roaring the- <laughs> party when the S and P five hundred gets brought up. But it? you know when, when you get. <laughs> When you get a drink in your hand and you're talking to me, I get a, I mean, I get a lot of questions from a lot of people, just kind of random questions because they have me, you know, trapped in a corner and it's easy to ask me in a, in a non-threatening way. So, yep. but it is funny for something that, that I and, and people in my business take so for granted because we throw that term around, ah, oh, the S&P 500 or the NASDAQ or the, or the Dow. We throw it around like everybody totally understands it. But when you dig a little, an inch deep with people's brains, they don't really know that much about it. So these six things we're going to talk about, I'll be impressed if most of our listeners know hmm. half of these already. I'll be happy to be the guinea pig, and I'll, <laughs> I'll raise my – you don't have to quiz me, David. I'll just be honest, and I'll raise my hand after each one to say, like, <laughs> I knew that or no, didn't know that. Learned something new. Boom. All right. Well, let's go with that. Let's see how we do. Sounds good. So what's up first? So up first – is the fact that the S&P 500 actually has 505 stocks in it. <laughs> okay, I'm already I'm already over one. I didn't know that nuance. <laughs> so so the, the, it is a nuance because those 505 stocks are actually issued by 500 companies. So ah, okay. It's gotcha. sort of true to its name. However, if you ask Siri how many stocks are in the S&P 500, she's going to say 505. So a lot of uh, some of our listeners would know, for instance, Google, or as it's actually called Alphabet, actually has two different classes of stock, class A and class C shares that are in the S&P 500. So that's one example of uh, why there are not just 500 stocks in the S&P 500, but 505. I bet some people don't even know that the 500 means that there's 500 stocks in there. (laughs) I wasn't even going that basic, so that's exactly, I mean, that's kind of a good point. So, yeah, I mean, it's kind of sort of the the 500 most memorable companies in America make up the S&P 500, and it happens to be 505 pieces. Did, did you say most memorable? I would say that the, well, you're not going to know all 500, but you're certainly going to know the top 50. Okay. Uh, Merck, you know, Merck, Chevron, MasterCard, Visa, Berkshire Hathaway's, Tesla, Google, Exxon, Johnson Johnson, those types of companies. They're good. You'd if you saw the list. If anybody listening to this saw the list of the top fifty, they'd go, "Oh, I don't, I don't even, I haven't heard of three of those." But you'd have heard of the rest of them. Gotcha. Okay. So it's it's big company America. It's all big cap, big capitalization companies in America. So think what well known company think they're probably in the S and P five hundred. 
Exactly right. Okay, very good. All right, we learned a little bit already. What, what's number two? So everybody knows that an exchange-traded fund, an ETF, is kind of like a mutual fund. Uh, trades throughout the day. I talk about ETFs a lot on these podcasts. Three of the biggest four in the world track the S&P 500. I'm not sure why you would necessarily need to know that other than if you're a do-it-yourselfer and you try to kind of index your portfolio, one of your biggest holdings is going to be the S&P 500. So whether you have a Vanguard is a, is a big one, the uh, iShares is a big one, and the Spiders are a big one. And there's almost a trillion dollars between those three. There's almost a trillion dollars invested between those three ETFs that track the S&P 500. Wow. So you're a passive investor, you're buy and hold, you just want to match the index. Well, the, an S&P 500 ETF is a perfect, cheap solution for doing that. The downside is if you're buy and hold, well, all of these were down more than 50% in 2008 and 2009. Why? Well, because the S&P 500 was down more than 50% in 2008 and 2009. And these ETFs track the index almost perfectly with virtually no tracking error. But anyway, the biggest, the three of the biggest four ETFs in the entire globe track one index, the S&P 500. Very interesting. All right. So uh, that'd be like one of those examples how you've talked about how you can have a couple of different mutual funds but not be diversified. You could have three <laughs> ETFs and basically just be all in the same thing. Exactly. You have the illusion of diversification. Okay. Interesting. All right. Uh, learned a little something there. I, I'm, I'm raising my hand again. I did not know that. The, the th three of the top four uh, Man. right there. Well, this is great. killing it here so far. I love it. All right. What's number three? So number three, actually, this... I hadn't thought about this until you made your comment, but this goes right to the illusion of a diversification. So I'm going to look at just briefly mention two different ETFs, the Vanguard S&P 500. And then Vanguard also has an ETF that's called their Total Stock Market Index ETF. Now, as we all know, the Vanguard S&P 500 has 505 stocks in it. The Vanguard Total Stock Market ETF has almost 4,000 stocks in it because it's built to mirror the entire U.S. stock market. But what we want to know is that those two are almost in lockstep with each other as far as growth goes. So you would think that the, something that had 4,000 stocks in it might have a significantly different performance than something that just tracked the 500 biggest companies in America. But the 500 biggest companies in America are so much bigger than all those other, what would that be, 3,500 other companies that the S&P 500 just kind of um, tramples right over all the other ones over basically any period of time. So for instance, from 2010 to today, if you would have put $10,000 in 2010 into the S&P 500 Vanguard ETF, you'd have 47 grand today. If you put it in the total stock market index by Vanguard, you'd have a little over 46,000 today. So almost identical. Yeah, pretty close. If you go all the way back to 2001, $10,000 in the S&P 500, well, it would still be worth 47,000. You're like, wait a minute. 
Well, they talk about the lost decade being 2001 to 2010 because we had two 50% drops. So it just kind of coincidentally, but today, if you'd put 10,000 in the S&P 500, either in 2001 or 2010, you'd still have 47,000 today. But where I was going is if you'd put 2,000, if you put $10,000 in the total stock market index ETF, that would actually be worth 53,000 today if you'd put it in in 2001. So, so a little bit better performance over that longer period of time. Why is that? Well, because the financial crisis, 2008, 2009, had everything to do with large cap uh, US stocks getting hammered. Uh, whether that was big tech or big banks, uh, they got hammered more than the broader market. So the the real the, the biggest differences between just investing in an S and P five hundred index and a total stock market index is that the total stock market index is going to include small cap stocks and mid cap stocks, a whole lot of stocks, a whole lot of companies you have never heard of. But Google knows who they are. Uh, but the S and P five hundred, your performance is going to be almost the same as investing in the entire stock market. Super strong correlation between that, uh, just that subset of 500 stocks and the total stock market. So to circle all the way back around to the illusion of diversification, if you're a really good do-it-yourselfer, you're smart enough to not pick your own stocks. I know I've got a few listeners that are going to cringe at that idea. Um, but a super duper do-it-yourselfer, a really good do-it-yourselfer who doesn't spend a lot of time studying individual stocks can do really well over time just by investing in the S&P 500, not worrying about the little subsets of each or the broader stock market. That's kind of the takeaway from point number three. Feels like sometimes we uh, we may overcomplicate things that don't need to be overcomplicated. We do love to do that, and people yeah. uh, in my business we love to do that too. And uh, for for a lot of people, that just doesn't have to be the case. Okay, very good. Three good ones so far, halfway through. Uh, so three more bullet points to go here, if you will, on our discussion about these, uh, I think, really interesting facts about the S&P 500. And, and yes, you're sharing lots of things we didn't know about the S&P 500, I think. Well, let's see if we can go for four for four here. <laughs> okay, let's do it. So the S&P 500 covers half of the world's outstanding stock market values. Pretty significant half. Pretty of significant the worlds. Half of the half of the world's stock values. Just five hundred companies. Are five hundred U.S. companies. Yeah. Now, thirty-five percent of the revenue of those S and P five hundred companies comes from outside the U.S. So these big American companies do a lot of business in Asia and in Europe uh, and other places. Apple, for instance, almost sixty percent of its revenue is non-U.S. So by buying the S&P 500, you are getting a very broad coverage of big businesses that do business throughout the world. So if I get it right here, you're okay. So you're saying, oh, we've got all of this. Uh, this it feels like we have just a U.S. centric investment portfolio, but you're actually getting some really international influence in the S&P 500. Yeah, you are. Okay. So uh, just to just to restate that, 35% of S&P 500 revenues come from outside the U.S. Gotcha. So you are getting 
a lot broader exposure than just investing in a U.S. index. Okay. Domestic investment, but international exposure. Cool. All right. That's four. Uh, we are four for four, my friend. <laughs> How about number five? <laughs> I think you're going to know this one because I've talked about it uh, a number of times. Yeah, no. But that, that, that puts it, the pressure on. A lot of people think that the S&P 500, since it's made up of, I'm going to, we all know it's now 505 stocks, but let's just call it 500. They kind of think that they get an equal dollar amount in each of the 500 companies when in fact, the top five holdings in your S&P 500 ETF or mutual fund make up 22% of the dollar amount you have in that holding, in that index. And there are, there are big companies that you'll absolutely positively recognize, but this is a cap weighted index as opposed to an equal weighted index. Mm, okay. So uh, just by, by calling them out, uh, Apple makes up about six, a little over six and a half percent of the S&P 500 index. Uh, Microsoft makes up about five and a half percent of the index. Amazon makes up about two and a half percent of the index. You got Alphabet, uh, which is Google, and uh, Facebook. So there are are those the fang of, stocks or is that slightly different than those are the fang stocks uh, except Microsoft is a <laughs> is an outlier there. Okay, gotcha. Uh, most people wouldn't really realize they'd say oh, I want to own I want to Apple I want to own Microsoft. Well, you have a big chunk of those if you just buy the S&P 500 index. Um uh, bigger companies make up a bigger share of the way that the S&P 500 is calculated. It's very interesting. Okay. And that, now that's with particular investments, right? The, in, in, in depending on what investment you're choosing is going to have those different weights. But you, you mentioned a word there that if you wanted equal exposure to all 500, there's one that does that distribution exactly. weight-wise? Okay. So that's number six. And if you say, well, I'd, uh, I'd, I would just like to have one 500th of each of those companies. What, how can I get that? Like I literally want to track the S&P exactly. <laughs> All 500 of them. Yeah, so, so, that, so that's, a, that's a nuance there. If you want to, what they report on the news every day, if you want to track the S&P 500, then you need to, then you're going to be, you're not going to have an index that has one 500th of each company. Uh, you're going to have. You're in the weighted one. Okay. You're in the weighted one. And so that's what they're tracking. That's what we're, they're reporting Every night, which is heavily weighted toward Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, Google, Facebook, Tesla, Berkshire Hathaways. That's like the number six or seven stock in the S&P 500. So that's what you get if you're just investing in the S&P 500 index. And that is perfectly not as diversified as you think you are, though. Right. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) So this year, year to date, if you had gotten the equal weight version as opposed to the cap weighted version. Uh, so you can get an ETF that just gives you one 500th of each of those companies. It is by a company called Invesco. The ticker symbol happens to be RSP. And what it does is it does exactly that. It gives you one 500th of each of the 500 companies, the 505 stocks in the S&P 500. It was created in 2004. I don't know why they created it, but probably for, for the very reason that people go, wait a minute, I, I didn't realize this was so heavily weighted to the top 10 companies, for instance. So 
strangely, because you think of Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, Facebook, Google, you think of those as being serious outperformers for the rest of the market. But so far year to date, and actually since it's since the equal weight introduction in 2004, the equal weight has actually outperformed the S&P 500 index by about 1% a year. Now, that doesn't mean every year, but on average for the last uh, 20 years, it's been an outperformer. So for instance, uh, if you put $10,000 into the equal weight version in 2004, you'd have 81 grand today, but only 67,000 in the uh, cap weighted, the, the actual index. So there's a lot of ways to skin the cat. There are a lot of ways to be to convince yourself that you are truly diversified when in fact you're not really that diversified because buying different ETFs, even buying a total stock market index ETF doesn't really get you that much further diversified away from just the good old S&P 500. You can get with domestic stocks, you can get arguably about all the diversification you need by holding one ETF that mirrors the S&P 500. Wow. That's pretty cool. Kind of uh, kind of eye-opening to uh, to peel all these layers of the onion back, David. It is. And and we kind of like to have 5 or 6 or 8 or 10 different holdings uh but in our portfolio to make us feel diversified, but the overlap is dramatic. So, depending on how uh how advanced of a do-it-yourselfer you are, mm-hmm. uh, take a look and just make sure that you know, well, I've really done all of this smoke and mirrors, all this uh, diversification to actually not get much diversification for myself. Maybe you want to simplify and take it down to one or two or three holdings. The focal point of your portfolio just might be the S&P 500. Fantastic. Uh, love learning something new, David. And not only did we get like one takeaway, but several on today's show and some new nuggets. Hey, we can all take these to our future parties now and sound, <laughs> sound super, super smart and, and corner people. We can be the ones cornered now answering questions about the S&P. I love it. Exactly. Yeah, you'll be the you'll be the life of the party, Walter. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. I love it. Uh, thanks for all of that great information today, David. And if it inspires any questions uh, as you listen to the show today, folks, give David a call, and you can certainly talk through something that might be on your mind, whether it's related to the S and P five hundred or another area of financial and retirement planning. Always happy to meet with you. Maybe even take you all the way through the complete planning process, where you get a review of your financial situation and talk about how to best prepare for retirement and beyond. 913-317-1414 is the number to call with your questions. 913-317-1414 or online at coveryourassetskc.com. And we'll put all that contact info in the description of today's show for you so you can find it easily. David, good one today. Appreciate you walking us through it all. And uh, we'll look forward to another new show next week. You enjoy that beautiful Colorado snowfall today, and I'll look forward to talking to you next week. You uh, you keep enjoying uh, those Chiefs articles. <laughs> Thank you. You got it. Talk with you soon. That's David Dickens. I'm Walter Storholt. Thanks for joining us on Cover Your Assets, KC. See you next time. Investment advisory services offered through ChangePath LLC, a registered investment advisor. ChangePath LLC and KC Financial Advisors are separate companies.